This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And we are back on this Valentine's Day. Another hour of Get Up coming your way live from the seaport brought to you by Chase. I am all alone here, but by no means by myself. The squad is ready talking football today. And on this Valentine's Day, our game is called Makeup or Break Up. Here we go, Swagoo. Should Russell Wilson and the Broncos make up or break up? Gee, the problem is they already broke up, G. They broke <laughs> up, and it was an ugly breakup. It was one of the breakups where when you get the Valentine's Day, you turn all the lights off in your house, and you just spend the rest of the day in the dark, okay? But Russell Wilson is going to come to the light, man. He'll find a place that's going to love him that he's going to play good football for and be in a great situation. It may be Pittsburgh, but this breakup happened a while ago, so you don't have to buy any flowers or candy. I'm with you on that one. Uh, Lewis, here's an interesting one. Stefan Diggs and the Bills, make up or break up? I, man, I hated this. I hated trying to decide which one to pick. I feel like a major <laughs> clean start would be good for both of these teams. I mean, with Stefan going somewhere else, I'm going to say break up. Although you don't want to break up with a dude as good as Stephon Diggs. And also you got Gabe Davis coming up for unrestricted free agency. So that leaves you with, you know, Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, Khalil Shakir, who look good in the playoffs. Maybe it's just something like if they can replace him, great. I just don't know if they can. But I'll tell you what, it just seems like something like this relationship is almost at the point where it's just like, man, it would just be best for everyone to start over. It, sometimes it does feel that way, although mm. Josh had nice things to say about him at the Super Bowl. I guess that's what you'd expect. Field, let's go to Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett and the Steelers, make up or break up? Yeah, Greeny, I'm going to make my own rules. Make up and then back up. As in, he's going to be the backup <laughs> quarterback to Justin Fields, hopefully, but Kenny Pickett has very, very little trade value right now, and you can't cut him because of cap ramifications, so you make up by keeping him around on the roster, and then you make him your backup as the quarterback, too, behind Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, or somebody else they find a way to acquire this offseason. That's going to be a really interesting one, and, and the yes. interesting part about Fields here in all of this, mm. I'll remind everyone, in fact, I'll show it to you in case you didn't see it. This was Shefty talking about who Pittsburgh might want as their next quarterback. Listen. We know that Pittsburgh's going to go out and get some type of quarterback, whether that's Ryan Tannehill, uh, whether that's Russell Wilson, whether that's Justin Fields. uh, Justin Fields, I know uh, Mike Tomlin's a big fan of Justin Fields. We'll keep that in mind during the offseason in the coming weeks. Shefty had a little smile. So, so you have to – I call myself the Shefty Whisperer, right? Because Shefty will give you just as much information as he's comfortable giving you in the moment, and you have to then read the body language and the facial expression. And that little smile tells mm. me there's, there's smoke and there's fire there. So we talked about Justin Fields to Atlanta earlier, Lewis. How do you like Justin Fields in Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Look, I think of the effect that Arthur Smith had on Ryan Tannehill when Ryan Tannehill eventually took over for Marcus Mariota when they were down in Tennessee and Arthur was calling plays down there. The play-action game with Justin under center on first and second down 
with the dynamic duo that they have at the running back position right there with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, it is perfect. It's absolutely perfect. With the weapons with George Pickens and Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth, are you kidding? With Justin, now that doesn't mean you have to park him under center all the time. They'll put him in gun. Mike wants to be a very multiple type of offense. But I think as far as letting the run game supplement what he can do as far as being a downfield, play-action, pass-oriented type of thrower, and then having design runs put in there for him, especially in the red area. Do you remember how much of a problem Ryan Tannehill was in the red area as a runner, as a runner-thrower? Just think of the possibilities here with a guy who's, who is infinitely more talented naturally than Ryan Tannehill, that being Justin Fields. Man, look. You know, I don't, I don't want to like ever put anybody in front of my boy, Kenny Pickett, because Kenny's my guy. He's my guy. But Justin Fields is one of those dudes who I'd be like, might have to put him in front of you, Kenny. Might have to go ahead and work with this. Because Justin, in that offense, it would work. It would work. Yeah, I see that pit, that pit, for, for the folks who don't know why, that pit helmet that you see over the shoulder yeah. of Lewis Riddick, yeah, that is at least yeah. one of Both the connections. Them. With Kenny Pickett there. So, so Marcus, before I come to you, let me very quickly, because I just glanced down here. Field, in your mock draft, which, which is up and available right now, you have the Steelers taking a quarterback at number 20, Bo Nix from Oregon, who had a monster season this past year, 45 touchdowns, three picks. This is the top 10 of Fields' new mock draft. You see the three quarterbacks at the very top of the draft. The order there is interesting. He has Jaden Daniels second. For the for the those of you who are with us here, he has JJ McCarthy also in the first round at number twelve overall to Denver, and then you have oh, Bo oh. Nix, Bo Nix at number twenty to yeah. Pittsburgh. So talk to me here, Yates. First of all, we can't make trades, so I would have traded for Justin Fields if I could, but the rules at ESPN are we don't do trades in Mach 1.0. I wrote about this in the write-up specific to Bo Nix, is that whether you think Bo Nix is a perfect prospect or not, the absolute bottom line is the Pittsburgh Steelers must exhaust every resource this offseason to find ways to bring in competition for Kenny Pickett. And some might say in Pittsburgh right now, Bo Nix represents too much of what Kenny Pickett brings to the table right now, which is a player whose ceiling might not be as high as others relative to the quarterback in this draft class. But let me tell you this, this past season, absolutely surgical was Bo Nix. Completed nearly 78% of his passes. And while he is not nearly as much of an unscripted quarterback as he was early in his Auburn career, which ended up playing to his detriment, he's a good athlete as well. So Bo Nix can do some things outside of the pocket, whether it's as a scrambler or as a design runner. And Pittsburgh must must, as a responsibility to the organization, think long and hard about every quarterback option available to them this offseason. So, Marcus, if the quarterback options are someone like Bo Nix, 20th in this draft, someone like Russell Wilson, who will come very inexpensively based upon the contract situation. Now, for those who don't know, I won't go into the details. Just suffice it to say, if you're the Steelers, you will probably be able to sign Russell Wilson for next to nothing or trading something of value for Justin Fields and probably giving him a contract extension, which of those options do you like, Swagoo? Well, we're not under the parameters of ESPN, so we can make trades and we yeah. can put we can put do do anything on get up on this Wednesday That's morning. Right. I'm I'm trading for Justin Fields. And and when Lou was talking about the weapons that are in Pittsburgh, and obviously I'm uh, Babyface has alluded to it and knows that Justin Fields would be a good fit. The thing that I thought about when Lou was talking was, think about the defenses you got to play against in that division. And what would a dual, a real dual threat quarterback 
do to your offense and make those guys on the other side have to adjust. We're talking about Baltimore. One of the top defenses talking about Cleveland. One of the top defenses in Cincinnati plays at a very high level defensively as well. You think about the quarterbacks in that division with Lamar and obviously Joe Burrow coming back off of, of an injury. We'll see what Deshaun gets to in uh, Cleveland. But that is the thought process of if we don't have a guy at that position that can be dynamic and force defenses to play a certain way, we are our back is against the wall. Justin Fields would absolutely change uh, how your defensive philosophy would be coming into the game playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it would be a great fit. Obviously, we talked about Atlanta, but when you think about this division, where these defenses are and how good this division, division is, a dual-threat quarterback that can throw the ball at a very high level changes the picture and how you can compete in that division alone. So I think it would be a phenomenal idea to trade for Justin Fields and create right. a different offensive identity. So, Lewis, let's have some fun here. Let, let's play the game out. The two teams everyone is talking about for Fields are the Falcons and the Steelers. The Falcons have the eighth pick in this draft. Seems yeah. very unlikely they would trade that. The Steelers have the 20th pick. You think the Bears could get the – would you – if you're the Steelers, are you trading the 20th pick in the draft for Justin Fields? Oh. Um, <laughs> I mean, would you rather have Justin yeah, Fields or Bo Nix as your quarterback for the next five years? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm considering it. I, I think we're having, some long, we're having some long discussions about it, yeah. Whether or not, like, what kind of contract then are we going to sign Justin Fields to? You know, is Arthur, actually, is he comfortable with what he thinks he can do with him? Again, I think you have to go off of history compared to what he did, you know, with Ryan Tannehill. Does Arthur or does, does Mike really like a guy like Bo Nix or a guy like J.J. McCarthy, who, by the way, is one of those guys, and like Jim Harbaugh told you, keep an eye on, J.J. McCarthy has some nice, nice tape. Is it is it more beneficial to just sit and take one of those two guys as opposed to what you'd have to give away in terms of compensation to get Justin Fields and then sign him to an extension? These are the kind of set the kind of conversations that are being held in Pittsburgh right now. I'm sure, but I would I would definitely consider it. I would consider it because mm. I believe Justin can be a dynamic upper echelon all-around quarterback. I don't even like saying dual threat because sometimes when you say dual threat, people go, oh, he's a runner. Uh, he's just a runner he's who a throws runner, it sometimes. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. going to say it all-around quarterback Yeah, because I, I do believe he can be that. Yeah, he has a cannon for an arm and he threw 65 two. touchdowns. Yeah, real quick, Marcus, go. I got a question. Baby face, ain't Bo Nix like, how old is Bo Nix as he's, well? He's, like, that's got to be a part of the conversation. He's 10 months younger than, than Justin Fields. That's correct. Uh, he is 23 years old, Man, Swagoo. That. But you know what, Co Swagoo? Couple things. First of all, quarterback lifelines. You know, the, the, the shelf life for quarterbacks is longer than ever now in the NFL. And Jaden Daniels yep. is the same age as, as Bo Nix, right? Like, I'm not saying it's a non-factor. Okay. Michael Penix, same age. Michael Penix would be 24 a week after the draft. Like, it's less of a factor at that position for me than pretty much any other position in the entire draft process. I actually think it's almost gotcha. it's bordering on a benefit because I mean, Bo Nix has started benefit, more yeah. college football games than any quarterback in the history yep. of college football. Sure. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing if you look at the way these things have gone lately. But, I mean, Justin Fields, to me, if you, I felt like you were shaking your head very quickly, Field. Are you trading number 20 for Justin Fields, yes or no? Let me be very clear. When you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and you need a quarterback upgrade, there aren't a bunch of good free agents, you don't have the luxury of just doing things in the perfect world. 
right. do think that 20 is like a little steep, though. I would be starting with a second-round pick, number 50 overall, and I think Lewis probably would agree with this, and see if you can get it done with the, fi- the centerpiece being pick 50 and maybe some other sure. goodies to put it over the top. But I get it. When you, when you need a quarterback desperately and there aren't a bunch of great options, sometimes you do act out of desperation. If I had to break the tie, though, I would lean towards a quarterback at pick 20 rather than trading for Justin Fields. All right, so mm. says Babyface Yates, which is his rap name, by the way, for those of you who are not aware. Album dropping um, tomorrow. And uh, he has an album <laughs> dropping next week. In the meantime, as we continue, Kyle Shanahan talked about his players not knowing the overtime rules in the Super Bowl. You need to hear what he said, and then we have a lot to say about it, and we will. Plus, coming up, my green list this morning. Who are the next quarterbacks who will win their first Super Bowl? Who's number one? Who succeeds Mahomes at the top of the mountain? The answer on the way. Get up on ESPN. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify could do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash get up, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash get up to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash get up. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And our next game here on Get Up is called Is That Ridiculous? Because we can make anything a pun. Here we go, Lewis Riddick. If I said Patrick Mahomes will wind up with more Super Bowl rings than Tom Brady, is that ridiculous? Not ridiculous at all. Look, I think obviously there needs to be some continuity around him. I don't think you can expect Patrick to continue to perform miracles regardless of who he has around him. We saw that get played out when they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the COVID year of the Super Bowl. But I think it's not ridiculous at all that as long as he has some weapons on the perimeter, he can be protected. How long is Andy Reid going to continue to coach and do they have a succession plan in place? Yeah, it's not ridiculous at all. He will keep on winning at the highest level. How about the other quarterback on Sunday? If someone said Brock Purdy and the 49ers window has closed, is that ridiculous? Yeah, that is ridiculous. It has not closed. Brock Purdy is just scratching the surface of ultimately what he is going to be. And they still they still have a lot of tremendous pieces in place right now that could allow them coming out of the gate next year to continue to try and push towards winning the NFC overall and being back in the big game. 
And I think Kyle Shanahan will learn from some of the mistakes that he has made as far as whether or not he had, gave every competitive advantage to his football team in the most crucial of moments. And he'll get better from it. Well, let's talk about that crucial moment. The 49ers players, at least several of them, did not know the overtime rules for this postseason or the postseason. Is that ridiculous? Yeah, it is ridiculous. It is. And I, and, I, and I say that while at the same time praising Kyle and his ability to learn from his mistakes. Look, the greatest coaches of all time give arm their players with every little bit of knowledge to get them to get themselves in the right headspace regarding the different situations that can come up. The Chiefs talked about the fact that Andy Reid was already planting these seeds in their heads back in training camp about this is how we're going to do it once we get into the playoffs because we're going to get into the playoffs. And if we get in this situation, this is how we're going to handle it. So get your mind right. Get your mind right as far as who's going to be on the field first if we win the toss and then who's going to be on the field second and what we're going to do if the other team scores a touchdown first. As Patrick Mahomes said, Andy may not have been happy that he told us but we were going for two and we were trying to win this thing. So once you arm players with that kind of knowledge, it allows them to already be that much further down the road as far as this is what we're doing. Let me make sure I'm in the right frame of mind here. You don't want to spring this kind of thing on people. And for people to suggest otherwise, like, eh, it doesn't matter. Players just play. Coaches coach. That's BS and you know it. You need that advanced knowledge as, as far as what a coach is going to ask you to do if you really want to be able to perform in the most crucial moments, in my opinion. I completely agree. Now, in fairness, let's hear from the coach himself. Kyle Shanahan yesterday talked about his players, at least in some cases, not being prepared in that way. Here's what he said. Was it important, do you think, for the players to know the, the, diff, the new rule as it pertains to overtime in the playoffs? Well, yeah, I mean, we... We did say, and we told everyone as we were waiting for the coin toss, hey, review everyone with to make sure they're sure before we go out. So we asked the position coach to do that, but I didn't cover it in a meeting on the Super Bowl week. I don't think that changes anything. Fair enough. He can think whatever he wants. I, I don't think nearly enough, Marcus, has been made of this candidly in the last few days. Um, the bottom line of it is this is not a Super Bowl rule. This is a playoff game rule. These rules were in place for each of the six playoff games this team has played yeah. in the last two seasons. The idea that Kyle Juszczyk did not know that if they scored a touchdown, the game was not over suggests on the humorous side that if he had scored a touchdown, he would have run into the stands thinking he had just won the Super Bowl and the game was over. And on the not-so-humorous side, it could easily impact the way they approach things. And candidly, the way they coached that last drive suggested to me they didn't know the rule regardless of what they say. Marcus, how big a deal is this? It's a big deal, and I like what Lou said. And let's not let's not kid our audience. When it's do or die situations, or when you understand situations and how dire they are, yeah, you change as a player. Your mind changes, how you go about plays, and it's it's cliche to say because everybody going a hundred miles an hour every play. And yeah, we play hard, but there is there is no secret to the fact that when things are on the line that Kobe Bryant is locked in a little bit more when he was taking the final shot or when Jordan was taking the final shot or when LeBron was making the final play or when you look at Patrick Mahomes on that overtime drive, how important every single drive was 
or you look at Pat Mahomes in in the third or fourth quarter when he had to go get four yards and he ran through two defenders. He doesn't do that in the first quarter because you're worried about what what could happen. Could I get injured and be missed for the game? So absolutely it changes your mentality about how you go about things. The other thing is this too, G, because I couldn't help think about it and everything always ties back to the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine if Mike McCarthy team said that they didn't know the overtime rules in this situation? Could you could you imagine what these networks would be like and what we would be saying about him? Now, Kyle Shanahan gets a pass because he's been to NFC championships. He's been in the Super Bowl. But the energy that we should give a coach for his team, that's pertinent information for a football team going into the playoffs, but let alone a Super Bowl. Marcus, he doesn't get a pass. Two things can be true at the same time. He can be an outstanding coach, which he is, and have had a very bad night on a lot of different levels, and in particular that one. Those two things can both be true. If Mike McCarthy's team, if if Mike McCarthy coached the Super Bowl (laughs) the way Kyle Shanahan coached the Super Bowl the other night, we would have him arrested. Forget about fired. We'd be sending the police (laughs) to to, to try and take him out of their field. And and at, at the bottom line, look, I know that we're three days removed from him. Taking the ball first is an unconscionable mistake in that overtime. I know he doubled down on it yesterday. His explanation only makes it worse. Field, you watch a million college games. No one ever takes the ball first because it is a huge advantage to have the ball second and to thus know what you need to do to win or not to lose. There's no way anyone is ever going to be able to explain to me that that was a good decision. Well, circumstantially, there's always going to be a process involved. And I would just say that while there might be a defensible situation where you'd want the ball first, Greeny, when you're playing a quarterback lesser than Patrick Mahomes because of the possibility of that third possession kicking off the sudden death period of overtime against Patrick Mahomes, your operating assumption has to be that no matter what I put on the board, he is going to potentially match or exceed it. The possibility of the Chiefs matching your touchdown and going for two has to be living, not just at the back of your brain, but at the front of your brain as well. And I get it. A two-point conversion is not a sure thing like an extra point often is. But against Patrick Mahomes, if I've got one play to defend him for two yards, I am expecting worst-case scenario. So my mindset after winning the coin toss is let Patrick play his cards, and we're going to do our best to absolutely match him. And if they go for a touchdown and we don't feel like we can stop him on a subsequent third drive by matching him with a touchdown of our own, we'll be the ones for go, that go for two. But do everything you can to take the football out of Patrick Mahomes' hands in the final possession of the game. Absolutely. And, I, and I'll say See, it again. See, I'm not I'm with y'all. I'm, I, you're not with that? You wanted it first. G, G, I don't – I had no problem with taking the football. I had a problem with kicking the field goal. I had no problem mm. with taking the field goal. You okay. have to try yeah. to assert as much pressure – on Patrick Mahomes is possible. If they yeah. go down and score a touchdown, you know we what? all sit here and say, yeah, Pat, go ahead, Lou. Go ahead, Lou. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm up against the clock. You. So if no, we no, want no, to set no. aside time, I don't, okay. don't want okay. we'll, to we'll try and do this as a discussion. I'm at the bottom of the hour here, and I may have some big basketball news I'm going to get in here. I'll try and get back to this, Marcus, I promise. Um, but coming up next year, I've got the green list for today, which I think you're all going to get mad at me about even more so. Which NFL quarterback will be the next NFL quarterback to win his first Super Bowl. I have the definitive list. It may surprise you. Next.
Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Back on Get Up at the bottom of the hour, and here comes today's green list, and this one, I think, is going to get a great deal of attention. It is not the top five greatest NFL dynasties. Today's green list are the top five quarterbacks that will win their first Super Bowl next. And at number five, I'm putting Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is as talented as any quarterback in the National Football League, with the exception of no one, and he is now, for the first time, going to be matched by exceptional coaching. I think it'll take a year or two for them to clear up their salary cap situation, but Herbert and Harbaugh is a deadly combination. They will eventually go to a Super Bowl. At number four, I have to put Lamar Jackson. Frankly, I'm not sure exactly when he's going to win it if it wasn't this year. Everything seemed to be set up perfectly, but that team is too talented, he's too good, and the coaching is too good to leave him off a list like this. Lamar Jackson was the MVP this year and deserved it. The Ravens will be back in business next year. You have to give him a chance. At number three, I'm putting Joe Burrow, who I know everyone else is going to think is number one. If this was just about him, I would probably agree. But in Cincinnati, they've lost their offensive coordinator. I believe they're about to lose one of the most important offensive weapons in T. Higgins. And I'm a little worried about the things I'm hearing about his thumb. I don't know that Joe Burrow's health is going to be just 100% fine by the time we get there. But most importantly, those three all play in the AFC, which is why my top two choices are the top two choices, because you have a much better chance of winning the NFC. And so at number two, I'm putting Brock Purdy. 
The 49ers are actually the betting favorite on ESPN Bet to win the Super Bowl next year. And there's no reason to think they can't. Brock Purdy's contract will still be ridiculously team-friendly. They shouldn't have to lose all their good players that quickly. The 49ers should be back, and I'll put Purdy at two. But at number one, this might surprise you. I'm a believer in Jordan Love, my friends. Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers are on the come. Go back and look at the second season that Brett Favre was the primary starter in Green Bay. Go back and look at the second season that Aaron Rodgers was the primary starter in Green Bay. That's when they took off. Love is starting from a higher place. He sat, he watched, he learned. The second half of last season, he was as good as any quarterback in the sport. Frankly, they should have beaten San Francisco in the divisional round a few weeks ago. They dominated Dallas. They are the youngest good team in the NFL, so they are only going to get better and better, and they have him on a reasonable contract as well. So this is not to say Jordan Love is the next best quarterback in the NFL, but I think he's more than good enough, and I have a feeling about that team. The Green Bay Packers, I think, are a sneaky, excellent pick to be in the Super Bowl next year. I'm trying to read the faces. I'm looking over here. All right, who's, who looks the angriest at me? If ever? Go ahead, Marcus. Have at me because I know you're not going to agree. <laughs> I, I, I vehemently disagree. <laughs> I, I get your thing about Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow is in the AFC. But where the hell is Jared Goff? When you start talking about the NFC, G, when you the Detroit Lions, they are going to get better than they were last year. Jared Goff obviously has the sign and extension. Super young, Jamison Williams got going. Amon Ross St. Brown, I think they got the best right tackle in football in Panay Sewell. Jameer Gibbs, Montgomery coming back. And let's not talk about what Brad, um, what, what they, Brad Holmes has done from a general manager standpoint. Everybody walked away from that game against the San Francisco 49ers saying Detroit handed it to them on a silver platter. They mm-hmm. dominated that game in every single mm-hmm. phase except coaching late in the game and losing their identity, only running the ball seven times in the second half. I think the Detroit Lions will be the scariest team in the NFC next year, and I think it'll have a lot to do with how their season ended this year. I'm with you, and I know Lewis loves them, too. I will say, however, I was watching on Thanksgiving when Green Bay went in there and beat them up and down the field, and I think the Packers are every bit as much on an upward trajectory as the Lions are. I'm not knocking the Lions. I think they're excellent. But if you're asking me right this minute between Love and Goff, I take Love. Lewis, what do you think? As far as the Packers are concerned, look, I, I, I get it, man. And, you know, I think their young core that they have offensively is here to stay. It's here to stay. I thought it would kick in at the halfway point of the season, and it did. I didn't, I didn't expect them to go ahead then and open up a can on Dallas the way they did. I didn't expect it to look like that. But more power to them, bro. More power to them. But, look, I'm going to say it's Joe Burrow. And I'm going to say it's Joe Burrow, and it's the Cincinnati Bengals, and here's the reason why. Okay? <clears throat> the Chiefs told me a story about – when they went to Baltimore this past year in the, in the title game, and as soon as Patrick hit that touchdown pass, threw that touchdown pass to Travis, and Kyle Hamilton was right there, you could sense that for Baltimore, which they felt was the best team in the NFL, Kansas City felt that themselves, Baltimore was like, man, is he going to do it to us again? Like, it got in Baltimore's mm-hmm. head like, 
You just can't beat this guy. You can't beat this guy. Even if we have the better team, he's still going to find a way to torture us. Like, we're going to start doubting ourselves. The only team, the only quarterback that can do that to Kansas City, in my mind, is Joe. Mm -hmm. Joe can put that kind of doubt in their mind. That even if they have a, a superior team, this guy can do the same things that their guy can do. That's the, why I say it's Joe Burrow. Remember, he called it Burrowhead Stadium, or some of the Bengals did. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they went in there and they beat him in overtime. Go ahead, Field. How about you? Yeah, I'll let the two, the, the two compelling arguments from both Swagoo and Lewis on Joe Burrow. I will just throw out a couple of names that I didn't see mentioned in your top five list, Greeny, specifically mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts just a year ago had one of the best seasons that we've seen from a quarterback in a long time. was going to be the MVP until that late season shoulder injury. They started 10-1 this season. The wheels fell off in a tremendous fashion for Philadelphia, especially on defense down the stretch, but they have resources this offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if Philadelphia dedicates basically every worst resource they have to repairing that defense. I think Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles could be right back in the mix as soon as next season and talk about guys you believe in it's hard for me to not believe in the leadership and the intangibles of Jalen Hurts when it matters most on Sundays I'm with you I look Hambo and I went through this chapter and verse Hurts was a very <laughs> tough one to leave out however the collapse of that Eagles team concerned me greatly something mm -hmm. was not right there and yeah. the fact that they didn't make a coaching change I think that brought that brought a lot of question in my mind the other one that had killed me to take Let off me. the list was Josh Allen because if we were just yeah, talking about the course. quarterbacks you know how much I yeah. love Allen but, but the Bills I would put in the same category. If not now, when? If this wasn't the year they, were, they, they had everything going their way, if this wasn't the year they knocked off Mahomes and the Chiefs, I'm not sure why we would think it would be next year. Go ahead, Marcus. Let, let, me, let me say this, G, and, yeah. and Louis Babyface, too. There is one guy in the NFL that stands across the field from Patrick Mahomes and it doesn't phase him, and he plays in Cincinnati. Mm. He has built the exact same way Joe Burrow don't give a damn if we playing in the slush in the middle of the desert he feels like my team is the best because I'm playing quarterback the injuries have derailed them and I'm gonna be honest they are becoming a, a little bit of a concern for me because you just don't want to see this career be hampered by Luke missing so many games and, and potentially it affecting his ability but when you talk about mental makeup, which is what it takes against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't see yeah. anyone in this league that can that can be on that level yep. that Joe Burrow can. And that's why I have him as the second best quarterback in the league, even with the injury that he sustained. There is no bleak with him. And that is exactly what you're going to have to have when you play against the Kansas City Chiefs. I saw Baltimore and Lamar blink. I saw the San Francisco 49ers blink. All of the teams that they played against, the Buffalo Bills, I saw them blink. This is the one guy that we've seen and have valid evidence that it does not matter who's across from me, including mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes. I'm Joe Burrow. That's true. Look, I mean, I'll just say it, and then, Lewis, mm -hmm. I'll give it to you. The only two quarterbacks ever yeah. to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs are Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. Brady did it twice, one in the AFC Championship game, that was in overtime, and then he did it in the Super Bowl when Mahomes definitively did not have as good a team. And then, of course, it was Burrow who beat him in his own building. Go ahead, Lewis, finish it up. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think the last mile when you're looking for that competitive advantage is just what I was talking about and what Marcus was just talking about. 
it's in the mind. It's that belief. It's yeah. that, you know, that, as Mike Tannenbaum likes to say, that ability to force multiply everyone else to come up to your level and go, hey, look, we can deal with this. We can deal with this because, see, Patrick can do that. Patrick is proven. He's been stamped. It's proven he can do it for his organization, for his entire team. Joe is the one person that can match them mentally. I'll tell you this. Teams probably fear Josh Allen's physical ability more than anyone. When he comes out onto the football field and you're looking across him up there at Orchard Park in that stadium, you're going – my God, if they were going to construct the perfect quarterback, there it is. 6'5", 240 pounds, can run the quarterback power, quarterback draw, and throw it a mile. And throw it with touch. But it's the guy who, in the mind, can match the wits of a Patrick Mahomes and that ability to say, like Marcus said, hey, bro, you see my eyes? They're not blinking. I'm looking right at you. And I'm about to come out here and I'm about to do the same thing for my team that you're doing for yours. That's that last mile, that last inch, that last competitive advantage. And since he has it, you just hope that they have everything else around it, too. That's the question, Mark. I agree with you. If I was just picking a quarterback in a vacuum, I would be with all of you and I would take Burrow. But these things aren't played in vacuums. I believe I believe in the NFC, yeah. first of all, and I believe in, uh, in Jordan Love and what they're doing in Green Bay. And again, mine is that rare genius. That will not be fully appreciated until long <laughs> after my time. Uh, we got an NBA doubleheader tonight with Donovan Mitchell and the Cavaliers hosting the Bulls. That's at 7.30 Eastern. And then you will see Steph uh, and, uh, and the, the Warriors hosting the Clippers. Our coverage for that will tip with NBA Countdown. That's 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. Speaking of Steph Curry, Woj and Ramona dropped an enormous story this morning about LeBron. And about Steph, if you haven't seen it, trust me, it will make your jaw drop. You're going to hear all about it next here on Get Up. And because it is mock day, let's go with this one here, baby face. Here's a little sneaky hembo for you. Which college coach produced the most quarterbacks drafted inside the top 10 in the common draft era? That's hembo's question. The answer's next. Woo! We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. 
How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We are back on Get Up, and we will have this enormous NBA story in just a moment. But first, here we go, babyface. Hembo's coming for you. Which college coach produced the most quarterbacks taken in the top 10 in the common draft era? Yeah, my instinct was telling me he might be trying to get me to bait me into Lincoln Riley. I, I don't have a great answer. I'm going to go with Urban Meyer, and I know that's not the correct one. This is a tough one. Hembo, congratulations. You have stumped me significantly. Lincoln Riley is going to tie, assuming Caleb Williams goes number one. Yeah. Pete Carroll. Who is the correct answer? <laughs> Pete Carroll at USC. Oh, I didn't even think Had about Pete. Carson Palmer go one. Yeah. Matt Leinert went in the top ten. Mark Pete Sanchez Pete went in the top ten. Oh, that's a again. Great one. Three months from now, Lincoln Riley will do the same. All right, field game coming for you. Mock draft 1.0 is up and it's available right now. You are the man. Thank you very much. Field, we're shifting gears now completely because if you have not seen it this morning, huge news from Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne. The Golden State Warriors try to convince the Lakers to trade LeBron James on the eve of last week's trade deadline. The Warriors had a full deal ready to unveil to the Lakers, which was encouraged by Draymond Green, but neither the Lakers nor LeBron would entertain the notion. LeBron's agent, Rich Paul, put an end to the talk. The Warriors could revisit this all again in the offseason. LeBron is a $51.4 million player option for next season. And Monica McNutt, good enough to come racing into our <laughs> studio with update. And we've got Wendy with us as well, gets up early with us out in L.A. where he's busy doing NBA today. All right, uh, Wendy, fill in any blanks for us here because this obviously the notion that we may have been close to Steph and LeBron teaming up is extraordinary. Yeah, I think there's two different ways to look at this. Obviously, if you're a fan your initial reaction is going to be to, to dream about the concept of LeBron and Steph playing together. I don't think that was ever close to happening, but I think it does show that there was a lack of information. There was a lack of information from these teams, because uh, Woj and Ramona also reported that the 76ers called the, the, war, the uh, Lakers about LeBron, because just the way things have gone for the Lakers this season and the passive-aggressive moves that LeBron has made left people wondering, you know, how does he actually feel about the Lakers? Where is his head at about them going now and going forward? And he gave an emphatic, I'm committed here. And, you know, Rich Paul went on the record publicly last week saying he's not going to be traded. And that's why I think, Greeny, the Lakers were probably okay going to LeBron and Rich Paul with this opportunity uh, because they wanted to find out where LeBron was, too. Because LeBron was, you know, putting up emoji tweets and, you know, refusing to talk about it in the media. And so what ended up happening is LeBron ends up recommitting himself to the Lakers, saying, no, no, I don't want to be traded. I want to be here. And then the Lakers don't do anything at the deadline. I think those two were related because they operated knowing that LeBron was solid. Now, where LeBron might be in the summer, when, by the way, Philadelphia is going to have max cap room, that's a different conversation. Mm. But I actually think this was more about checking in on an, uh, on an information void than it was about a trade that actually could happen. Monica. 
Uh, I laughed when I saw this highlight. Uh, this is hysterical. It is fantastic. It's hysterical. It is the thing that has made the NBA the juggernaut and the entertainment source that it is. It makes complete sense. The two were just gushing over one another Saturday night on ABC not too long ago in terms of their ability to sustain this level of greatness at this point in their careers. So throw everything at the wall if you're the Warriors. And I believe that either Roger or Ramona wrote the words trying to extend their window. It makes sense. There are not too many other places that I think actually have the caveat that you might even take this seriously. And obviously, as Wendy just pointed out, LeBron ultimately put it to rest. But I love it. Why not? Yeah, and, and LeBron and Draymond, we saw them together mm -hmm. at the Super Bowl. It's well known. Those guys are good friends. No one loves the hoops more than our buddy Marcus Spears, so I wanted to keep Swagoo in this. Just imagine for a moment, Marcus, however close we actually were to the idea of LeBron James and Steph Curry, the defining players of their generation, teaming up. The level of basketball IQ <laughs> is what I thought about. Now, look, Wendy just talked about like why, the reasoning and Monica talked about it. And we've seen in the NBA, obviously, superstars pair up. Obviously, KD went to Golden State. But my first initial thought was, with Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and LeBron James on the floor, that might be the smartest basketball team to ever be on the court at the same mm. time. When you start talking about their ability to figure out how to play with anybody, and Steph running 700 miles a game, and the pinpoint accuracy that Draymond already gets him the ball with, but now you add LeBron to that, who is who wants to be a facilitator. So I, I had all kind of dreams and butterflies and hearts going off as Valentine's Day. But I don't want to see it in all reality. I wouldn't want to see it happen. I would want to see it in, in a league in the summer. I would love to see them play together. Uh, but the basketball IQ would have been bananas. Absolutely. Monica, we see on the bottom of the screen, for those who are just coming out of the Super Bowl and maybe now just starting to, to digest what's going on in the NBA, we see the Lakers are currently 9 and the Warriors are currently 10. Are either of these teams, are either of these superstars legitimate contenders in the Western Conference this year as constituted? I do not think so this year. And, and guys, y'all help me. We got to define contenders, right? Is our contenders going to be top four, top five, top six? A to team me, that could make it like to the conference final at least? I, I, I don't see The Lakers that did last teams. year. In fact, Greeny, if I'm honest, I kind of see these teams potentially colliding in the play-in, which yeah. would be fantastic for the ratings of a play-in, but obviously a little bit disappointing when you think about the long term of a playoff run. The, the younger teams, I believe, are coming. The Clippers, the Nuggets, obviously, are well-established. There has just not been enough consistency. And I was witness to the last uh, Warriors championship and the way that Steph has this incredible gravity. Five-game win streak, fantastic for the Warriors. But for an organization whose standards are winning championships and competing for championships, even this five-game win streak, even if they beat the Clippers tonight, I just don't know that that is the omen for the rest of the year. So, so what does it all mean, Wendy? Like, these are the two most popular franchises in the NBA, and Steph and LeBron are overwhelmingly the two biggest stars. Where are both of them now and into the, the short-term foreseeable future? What it means, Greeny, is that we've got two teams here that are big, expensive, and aging who are underachieving, who didn't have much they could do at the deadline, and were flailing around trying to hit, you know, grand slams. It, you know, both of these teams are having very disappointing seasons, although they are playing their best basketball over the last couple of weeks. And I just think it is more interesting this summer when LeBron can be a free agent and the Warriors will have some flexibility. I will just say LeBron has a $51 million player option for the Lakers. 
I do not see LeBron playing for less than $51 million or maybe a little bit if he renegotiates a little bit. The idea that LeBron's going to go play somewhere for a million bucks or two, that's not going to happen. So when you go to the trade machine and try to compute it and have fun with this, which you should do, that's part of the great thing about being an NBA fan, just, just know that and also know LeBron wants to be and is a Laker and would prefer it stays that way. And that's what was ver- verified by this, trans- you know, this lack of uh, – there's no transaction, actually. Give me a little fun swagoo crystal ball. <laughs> where, where will LeBron play next year, Marcus? Come on. You know the ins and outs of, of life. Ne- next season, where's LeBron? What uniform? It'll, it, it'll be with the L.A. Lakers. Wendy okay. got me feeling like I need to be business right now. <laughs> I think it'll be the Lakers. And, gee, I go back, I go back to when he, when, when he went to L.A. It was obviously for more than basketball, but he's the one player we've seen in the generation of a lot of, of – uh, and, and other guys have done it, but we've seen in, with, with LeBron – that he can focus on a hundred things at one time and still be arguably the best basketball player in the NBA, which is very hard to do when you start talking about the level he's played at since he showed up in LA. It's been movies, it's been team ownerships, it's been buying uh, stake in teams in other leagues, but we've never seen LeBron not have elite basketball play, regardless of the things that's going on outside. So LA has not been too big for him. I think he loves being there. And don't forget, his son is at the University of Southern California, which I'm sure he wants to see him play as much as he can. All right. Well, I have to leave it there for the moment, but Wendy and Monica will be a part of First Take, which is coming up next with much more of this conversation. Swagoo, you're the man. Great work today. Again, First Take on the way. Warriors wanted LeBron. Should he have wanted them? Molly, Stephen A., Mad Dog, Swagoo, Monica, Wendy, and more with the coverage right after this. Get up. And then First Take on ESPN. All right, another reminder, the South Carolina women are the nation's only undefeated Division I team. They highlight our ESPN Thursday basketball doubleheader tomorrow, squaring off against Tennessee. Coverage begins at 7 o'clock Eastern time. That is all the time we have, but the conversation is just beginning. First take starts now. 